Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. I want it to be noted. I make no secret that I think Toronto would be a great city for me in terms of my business, in terms of just the things I'm trying to accomplish. It feels like it would be an awesome place to live. Why is it warmer in Toronto, Canada than it is in St. Louis, Missouri right now? It is freezing. It's below zero. I don't like that. <laughs> and so this whole time I kept thinking, man, you know, gosh, would I even be comfortable in Toronto? It's so cold. And then I looked at the weather today. It's warmer there than it is here by 20 degrees. Ooh, polar vortex. All right. Just wanted to make that note. Um, so, yeah, I did a situational Sunday. I read some of my screenplay, but of course I put a lot of um you know, I interjected a lot, but it just, it just took me back. You know, the writing process is so fascinating to me. I haven't written in a long time. I'll be honest. Uh, I love to write. I just, uh, Carrie Fisher said it best. I love having written. Uh, I like that more than actually writing because you have to sit down and you have to put yourself in the frame of mind. And it's a lot of work. And right now, uh, I have a lot of work. <laughs> it's not like I'm looking for things to do. So it's very, very cool. Uh, I enjoy being a screenwriter. I enjoy being a storyteller. And what I didn't realize when I picked my major just on a whim, uh, that one day almost every major organization would want uh, a storyteller on their staff. So I look like a genius, except for all those many, many years when no one would pay me any money. <laughs> Other than that, I'm coming out on top, baby. So anyway, I was thinking, uh, you know, I wake up every morning pretty early. I, I meditate for sure. Sometimes I really get into a great groove and I write out, you know, my deepest desires and the things that I see happening in my life. And what's really cool is almost everything I wrote last year when I did it every day is true now. It's just so incredible. It's like magic. Um, but I'm not a, a, an easy writer. I, it, it's hard for me to write every day. And once I got out of that habit, I just sort of let it go. But for about nine months last year, I woke up every morning bright and early and wrote out every single thing that I wanted. And I kid you not about 85% of that has happened. And I can see the rest of it on the horizon. It's been very, very helpful for me. And I think it's because you wouldn't go anywhere in the world without a roadmap, right? You wouldn't just be like, listen, I'm going to get in this plane and fly to France without knowing how to get there, right? Or knowing how to fly a plane. But so many of us live our lives that way. The analogy I use all the time is you wouldn't get in your car and just drive west thinking you're going to make it to California. There's a lot of things in between St. Louis and California where you could wind up. You know, so, you know, live your life with some sort of roadmap, with some sort of direction. I've been speaking a lot lately uh, to the parents of and to the actual, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old people. And um, it's so exciting because they, they have so much hope and they're just so sweet. And it's like we're unleashing them out into the world. And, you know, the world's not always a kind place. But 
I do think there are kind people in it. I'm not David Fincher. (laughs) I do think there are kind people in it. And I do think people's default is kindness. Most people. Certainly there are some people who aren't kind. They're not good people. Uh, They are whatever they are. They're not good. Um, But I don't think that's everyone. And uh, David Fincher is a very excellent film director. And when I tell you that he doesn't believe that people are inherently good and that, you know, given the choice, they'll almost always choose the worst case scenario because people are awful. Um, That's proof by the films he directs. (laughs) Seven (laughs) comes to mind. Uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's one of my favorites. Uh, And I love Seven, but I mean, it was dark. It was grim. Um, The most optimistic movie I believe he's ever made is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And uh, I reference it a lot when people look super young when they're not, because uh, that's it's twofold because they do look young, but also because David Fincher is not known for making happy films. And there is a forlornness and a sadness to that story. But there's also real joy. And this person enjoys their life, you know, uh, Brad Pitt's character. So, yeah, uh, that's a happy note for David Fincher. He also was a, a an executive producer on um, on uh, House of Cards, which is notably grim. He, he, I think if it was his job to like set the tone, he and Bo, um, uh, the guy who created the show for American TV, they, they just really, Bo Willimon, who's from St. Louis, he's not my friend. I just couldn't think of his last name. Uh, but Bo Willimon and, and David Fincher together were like a super dark combo for House of Cards. So anyway, I'm not that. I think people's natural default is kindness. So it's fun to see all the young people getting out in the world and figuring out who they are, getting their first jobs. And yes, they'll be frustrated like we all are eventually with working for other people and uh, being overworked and underpaid and all that. But it's so fun to watch them be young. You know, one uh, young man, I was, I'm so proud of him and I'm so happy to talk to him. He is 18, knew he wasn't into school and he entered like a trade apprenticeship program. And now he, you know, works with like uh, a, a department um, that pays him like $27,000 a year. Can you imagine being 18, making 27 grand? Baby, that is just like winning the lottery. You know, so good for him. Proud of him. Uh, there's another young man I spoke to. Seems to not have the same direction, but his circumstances are a little bit different. But, you know, if school's not your bag, I get it. But you got to do something. You need a plan. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends. His son just dropped out of college, uh, 18, 19. And it's like, that's great. But what's the plan? You need a plan. And uh, that's where young people, um, I was the same way. I didn't have a plan. And I to feel like I lost a lot of time trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and yeah, that's just part of growing up. Part of figuring out who you are, unfortunately, a big chunk of that is uh, figuring out who you're not first. And that can be painful, you know? So anyway, 
my uh, moral of today's story is know who you are, figure it out as soon as possible, and don't get pressured. If you change your mind, that's okay. You don't have to know everything right now. You're 16, 17, 18, but have an idea about the direction you want to go in your life, how to get there, what you're going to do. And if you're unhappy when you get to that point, change, pivot, do something else. No one says you got to, you know, I chose to be a welder at 18. Now I'm a welder at 62. You don't have to do that, you know, but if you go and make a bunch of kids and you can't afford them and you just feel trapped in your job. Yeah, then yeah, you did that. But you're not just some victim of something. You get to choose. And it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You get to choose. You get to choose how you feel about it. You can't control other people. Yeah, you were in love. You got married. It was fantastic. 20 years later, you can't stand each other. You can't control that. You know, maybe that person will grow on a journey with you or maybe that person won't. But it's okay. When it's time to move on, move on. What What is unacceptable is sitting around waiting for that person to change back in the person you was in love with. <laughs> Don't do that because it won't happen. You know, you just pray that people grow in, in the same direction you grow. Um, I think we just get hung up on making sure everybody agrees with us or we look a certain way in the world or, you know, and really none of that matters. It only matters how you feel. I'm not saying going around just destroying everything because you feel a way. But I mean, seriously, if you're unhappy, you get to decide how to live your life to the best of your capabilities. And that's true whether you're 18 or 68. You know, you get to decide, you know, so take care of yourself, take care of your health, surround yourself with people who love and support you and want to see you win, you know, and for real want to see you win. Not these people who pay lip service to it, who tell you, oh, yeah, I'm so proud of you. I can't wait. And then they low key are like, she ain't shit. She ain't doing nothing. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, wait, (laughs) I thought you were proud of me. No, you know how people, what people really think by the way they treat you, you know. So I think the biggest lessons for me have have been, because when I was 18, I believed what everybody said to me too. And then you start to get to these places in your life where you're like, oh, wait, you know, okay. You know, there are, and now I'm an expert. I, I'm not uh, David Fincher, but I... I call bullshit way faster than I used to because I can smell it. I can see it. I know the truth when I hear it because I'm an adult. <laughs> I, you know, you just can't say anything and I'll be like, okay, because, you know, those days have passed. Um, and I'm rarely wrong. When I call bullshit, I'm usually right because, you know, I don't say a lot of stuff that I know is dead ass wrong. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's that's not who I am. So anyway, I'm excited about the future. These young people are great and they're headed out into the world. And, you know, I think the world will be good to them because they're going to be productive and interesting. And, you know, they're not just going to be. And this is I'm talking about five or six young people. I know uh, all I was like so many people I know had kids in 2002. 
And they're just going to go out and be interesting and contribute to the world in, in fun and exciting, impactful ways. And I'm excited about that for them and for us, you know. Um, and one last thing I want to say on this Monday, which is President's Day. I know people are disappointed that Trump didn't get it, uh, get what was it indicted or whatever was going on. How many people thought he was actually going to go to jail, though? I not for this, not from the not not from uh impeachment. I didn't think he would. Um but I like the idea that we can exercise this and people there were republics republicans that voted against him. But I I figure most of them wouldn't send him to actual jail. But guess what? That's not the jail I was always talking about. He took this job and ran because he wanted to avoid jail. His stuff is much much deeper than what we know about. Um and again, I don't have, I'm not a psychic. I'm not friends with them. I don't know anything other than what I've read. And I've read extensively. But he's in trouble with a lot of people. I was going to be stunned and amazed if the U.S. Senate sent him to jail. Uh, but I think he's made some enough people mad, enough people who were using him to get what they needed from his presidency. I think he's pissed off enough of them that they're going to stop covering for him. I think he's going to jail. Uh, I just don't know how or when, but you know, this society is really designed for, I mean, people say all the time, Bill Cosby, only black man is accused of all this rape and in jail. Yeah. You're missing the point. (laughs) He was he was accused of and found guilty of knocking women unconscious to have sex with them without their consent. That's called rape. And, you know, to be only focused like, no, no, none of the white people going to like that. You're missing the whole entire point. You know, if it was your daughter or your sister or your mother would that make you understand how wrong that is it's just wrong and we live in such weird times like people don't want to agree on what's wrong that's wrong sorry bill you know and i love the cosby show so this is really hard for me to to say you know i i it's just challenging and i get people aren't perfect but man my point is he was doing this as as long there are accusations that go back to as long as I've been alive so he was doing this for quite some time and a lot of people knew and were complicit and that is more troubling to me than all of it because you know it could stop if somebody had just said something and they would have been believed but the more and more successful he got the more and more people okay well you know he raped no, that's not that's not cool. And and you know there these things happen all the time. I I and people miss the point. The point is you can't knock people unconscious and have sex with them and then be like, you know, it was romantic. I think his one of his depositions, he was like, I think I know a little something about romance. No, no, you don't. That's not romantic. That's rape. Yikes. And the fact that so many people are like focusing on his race instead of the crime is part of the problem. I don't care that he was trying to buy NBC or what. I don't care what he was trying to buy. Don't rape people. My goodness. 
And if that's why I'm here <laughs> to tell you what is wrong and what is not wrong, okay, I can do that. But, you know, we need to uh, we need to come to a common agreement and a common consensus that certain things are just not right. And like I said, I'm saying all that to say Bill Cosby got away with a lot for a long time. Donald Trump is getting away with a lot for a long time, but it's catching up to him and he's going to jail. Something is going to happen. I don't know what it is, obviously, but I'm glad that he's not in the White House using that office and our fragile, fragile society to do these weird social experiments that he was doing. And that's the closest I want to come to watching Hitler be in office. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with crazy megalomaniac narcissists being in the biggest office in the world. No, thank you. So anyway, I don't know uh, <laughs> how that's going to motivate you this Monday, this President's Day. Uh, and maybe that's not what I'm trying to do. Maybe I'm just trying to, I don't know, make you see things in a different way. If you're disappointed, don't be disappointed. You know, this is this is actually probably Trump's version of hell, you know, a lot of people don't care for him. So he only fo- focuses on the people that do still worship him in some weird fanatical cult-like way. Um, he knows he's done wrong, but he somehow he's still the victim. And people are starting to figure out that he's not that powerful and probably not all that wealthy. Not as wealthy as he should be. And that's probably his version of like, being burned alive (laughs) when people figure out the truth you know yes he's got that core group of people that are allegiant to him for whatever weird reason but you know he's the type of guy that when he starts falling nobody's gonna help him up because he is toxic and that should be interesting to watch sorry maybe i do have a little venture in me (laughs) nobody's perfect don't judge me. Anyway, I hope you have a wonderful Monday. If it's a holiday for you, lean in. If it's cold where you are, stay in the house. This is horrible. This is really, really bad. It looks like Fargo here in St. Louis. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the movie Fargo from like 1997, the Coen brothers. It's either 96 or 97. Classic. And uh, don't quit until you see the wood chipper scene. All right. Hope all is well. Please take care. You know, just take care of yourselves. Be your best. This week, my mom turns 84. So it's a big week for us here. And we're just going to keep on pushing. You understand? Just hang in there. Hang in there. All right. Please take care. Be your best.
Garfield. Get his mouth open.